There are no such things as limits or obstacles, only opportunities. Step into the greatest version of yourself because what you do matters. Shift your narrative. You're listening to Opportunity Makers, where entrepreneurs come to take their purpose-driven business to the next level. Here's your host, Jim Padilla. Hey, world changers. Welcome back to another awesome episode. I can't wait to share this one with you. There's so many things that are exciting about this and this, 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 what I'm presenting to you today, who I'm sharing with you um, is really the essence of opportunity making. This is really what it's all about. And I don't want you to look at it and start seeing, man, well, that's great for them, but I'm not there. Um, Or what if I missed that opportunity? Because bottom line is there's always opportunities. They are everywhere around you. And you'll see, you know, many of the, the, the interviews that I've shared with you, almost everybody is there's, they're all made of a cloth that there's no regret. There's not a, oh, I missed that and I'll never get it back. Yes, we always will have some of those ideas that'll be in the back of our mind forever that, man, we really should have taken advantage of that when it was there. But it, you don't have time to dwell on the past. It's always about focusing on the next steps. And you want to make sure that you're always prepared so that when opportunity knocks, you've got it. You've done the work ahead of time. You're developing yourself. You're optimizing you. You're optimizing your network. You're building a network. So when somebody comes and the right opportunity comes, you already can think of who in my network can I connect with to make this opportunity viable, to capitalize on this thing that's going to be presented to me. How, how if I don't have the resources, who does? If I don't have the network, who else does? It's member is about who, you know, not as much how, you know excuse me, what you know, um, who not how, it's not about how you're going to do it, it's about who you're going to do it with, because in your network exists all of the how you will ever need and all of the what you will ever need. You just need to be crystal clear on your vision, your mission, your landscape. What is it you are put on this earth to accomplish and create and which opportunities are going to help accomplish that or that can pour, you can pour into that will help you deliver that kind of an outcome. And this, uh, this discussion today that I'm presenting to you is with my friend Jared Yellen, who's just, I'll be honest, just, he's just, he's doing some amazing things, things that are absolutely God-ordained and masterfully powerful and impactful in the world. And there's an opportunity for you to learn from and to participate if it's something that fits for you or you know somebody who does. But Jared Yellen, he is, defines himself as a non-technical, technical founder who has done everything you could do wrong, building a B2B SaaS platform, but somehow landed on his feet and the company is very successful today, right? As a result, he's committed his life as an entrepreneur to making the tech industry safe by launching Project 10K, the first tech ecosystem for entrepreneurs with napkin ideas that solve real world problems. Fascinating. It's awesome. He's somebody that you definitely want to hear about. Somebody that if you get the opportunity, you absolutely want to know. And I thank you and trust you. Thank you for being here uh, and for trusting me to be able to lead you and guide you on this journey towards ultimate opportunity creation in your world. So jump in, make sure you uh, go in, rate, review the episode, give us some love, uh, give us some feedback, send us anything that you want, anything good, bad, ugly. Let us know what's going on, how you're receiving these episodes, these interviews, what they're doing for you. And if there's anybody else that you think should be participating in this conversation, people who are scaling, exiting, changing the world at scale, creating opportunities for themselves and others, just like you are or should be and will be soon, right? Check it out. We'll see you on the flip side. 
Okay, so um, you know, always opens this way. We just did the formal introduction for you, Jared, but why don't we let people hear from you? Who's Jared? And why is this a relevant conversation for you? Yeah, well, first off, thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here. I'm an open book, so feel free to ask me anything in service of your wonderful community. And uh, I'm excited to contribute. Uh, but who am I? I'm a dad to three little rock star kiddos, Taylor, Riker, and Caden. Taylor is six, Riker is four, and Caden is six months at the time of this recording. And a beautiful wife named Lindsay. And uh, I've committed early on as an entrepreneur to create an even playing field to give more people an opportunity to become entrepreneurs. And what we're currently doing is the best path that I have seen to catalyze that outcome. So it's a very exciting product. I'm excited to share it with your community as well. Yeah, very, very, uh, very cool with all the stuff that you have going on. Um, and it's crazy because as you're talking about your kids, we have grandkids that age. So we have grandkids who are four, soon to be five, three, two, six months old, and one coming in two months. That's awesome. So, Congratulations. Yeah, yeah that's amazing. <laughs> Whole different uh, level of the game. So, uh, you know, the 10X project, the 10K project, excuse me, um, you know, tell, you tell people a little bit about what it is, but I'm, you know, the journey there is very interesting and and the piece that is encouraging that I really want to be able to hit on. I know you talk about it a lot, so I don't want to dive too deep into to this element of it, but the fact that you're literally putting together what is a essentially a tech, a tech structured company without being a tech expert yourself. Yeah, so I, I've created Project 10K with a very strong team around me um, as a result of my own experience as a non-tech tech founder. So my first tech company, I personally invested two, two years and $2 million into it. And the day that it launched is the day that it imploded. And I realized in that moment that most people would, would not pick themselves up, dust themselves off and try again. Um, and most, most people wouldn't even have tried in the first place if that was potentially the outcome. Um, but I guess I'm not most people because I did pick myself up. I dust myself off and that company is now called Sinduit. It's a marketing software for small business owners. And we've scaled it to tens of thousands of users across 30 different industries. And I did pretty much everything that you could conceivably do wrong building a B2B SaaS platform, but I pulled it off in the end. And about two years ago, at the time of this recording, um, I had this magical thing happen, Jim. And the magical thing was I was officially obsolete at Sinduit. And that should be every entrepreneur's dream. So I was really excited about the milestone. I was just assessing like, what's next for me? I was 35 years old at that time. We had two young kids, like I mentioned, now we have our third, happily married, great lifestyle. And I started digging really into it. I'm like, you know what? My next chapter has to be my moonshot. I have to do something that just shakes up the world or I'm going to go down trying. And as I started digging deeper into that, I did this exercise with myself. I encourage everybody to do this. And the exercise was a life audit. And what I was auditing was where did I leave the most potential on the table when building Sinduit? Because as everybody knows, there's an opportunity cost to every decision we make in life. If we say yes to A, we are either consciously or unconsciously saying no from B through Z. So I'm like, what's my B through Z? And what I realized over the years of building Sinduit is every month, I had at least a dozen, if not even dozens of people coming to me and pitching me their tech ideas, just their napkin concepts. And they were doing it for two reasons. The first is I'm the non-tech, now tech founder that somehow pulled it off. And the second more important reason is I built the infrastructure that they were gonna to have to figure out how to build. I own my own software development firm. I have my own marketing agency. I completely figured out business development. I have operations dialed in. So they would pitch me their ideas looking for feedback. 
And the majority of the ideas, Jim, were ridiculous and thoughtless, but there was 12 ideas over, over years that were exceptional. Like the people came prepared. They did their surveying to figure out their avatar. They then created a clickable prototype to figure out their workflows. They then dug into the pricing model, the affiliate structure, and they built a list out of all the thought leaders they were going to partner with. Like they came really prepared. And I told each of those 12 people, I don't have a crystal ball. So these are just words. But if I was you, I'd give this a go. This is a good idea. And every time I said that, Jim, they come back to me and they say, wow, amazing. Will you do it with me? And I'm like, oh, and I'm honored. But no, I can't. I'm focused on building Sindhu. But thank you so much for the offer. And they said, OK, but we at least use your team. I'm like, it's the same thing. Like, we're, we're focused on building Sindhu. So two years ago, I'm thinking to myself, I wonder what these 12 people are doing. Maybe one of them is my next step. Maybe one of them is my moonshot. So I ended up calling each of these 12 people. And what I learned was so disheartening. 11 of the 12 did absolutely nothing, which in my opinion means they're going to die with their greatest song inside. And one of the 12 tried, and they had the same experience as me. They just didn't pick themselves up and dust themselves off and try again. They ended up losing $300,000 in the process to a software development firm. And in that moment, I realized my calling is to help 10,000 entrepreneurs go from napkin to exit, which led to the birth of Project 10K. So I'm happy to dig into what that is, but feel free to ask me anything else. Yeah, that's you know. But first, I want to I want to make sure we don't gloss over that very important piece that you highlighted there. That eleven of those people did nothing. We did nothing, and what to me the benefit of doing nothing is almost nothing, and you know at least gain the feedback of taking a wrong turn and a stumble. And you know, uh, my 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 friends and I we went to a, a retreat uh, up in Colfax, up in the mountains here a few years ago. And we were just, it was just visionary planning. We were just kind of getting away. And uh, and we were, it was raining and we went to this hike down to the river and then we came up on the road and we were walking on the edge of the road because there was no sidewalk. And I've been through, you know, we're not going to go into my story right now, but I've been through an incredible amount in my journey. Um, overcoming has become a lifetime a pattern, but we were, we were literally driving by the side, of the, walking on the side of the road and this, this car went by, did not make any effort to get away from me. And his passenger side mirror hit my shoulder and exploded like literally i felt nothing and my friends were there like oh my god jim here you are you could be always joke about being indestructible like you are literally indestructible that car couldn't even take you out you know and it's it's all just you know i've learned that if it literally doesn't kill you it just makes you stronger yeah. i mean it's not a saying it is true yeah no it's interesting so we, we talk about this with our founders um so what most people define as their last chapter, so like a life event happens, like this is the last chapter of my story, I guess. When you end up looking back, whether it's months or years later, maybe it's a sentence and it's probably a comma. And if that's all that it is, then why do we make such a stink of it in real time? So this is what we talk about with our founders, because we're in the business of launching startups. So as a result of that, there's always going to be things that happen that feel like it's the end when, when really it might be a sentence in your story and probably a comma. And no one's ever ended a story because of a comma, ever. They just continue to read. It was a slight pause if that, and most people just read through the comma because they're just speed reading to try to get the overall concept. But yeah, no. Being indestructible is a choice. I really believe that. Like people can make the decision to not let life events stop them on their quest to produce whatever that outcome is. And if they ever decide to, there's no shame in it, but they will not produce the outcome that they've committed to. And this is just what we preach inside of our ecosystem at Project 10K. So, uh, and then just a, a tweak on that is if, how many times if people quit, do then they 
justify that maybe this real really didn't matter in the first place. And yeah. what's what's the risk there? What's the what's the truth or non-truth of that? Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's it's so true. Like that. This is like one of the things that um, as a team we talk about, right? Like the the risk of us not pursuing this moonshot is so much greater than the risk of pursuing it, because the risk of not pursuing it means that ten thousand people's dreams will not be realized. That's extreme risk compared to the risk of putting a few million bucks to work and raising a little bit of money here and there, like the risk of 10,000 dreams not being realized. And then the millions of people that those 10,000 dreams could positively impact and the tens of thousands of children that watch their parents pursue their dreams. So now they have a different standard in life, which is everything is possible. Like that risk is risk. The risk of starting and putting some money to work and hiring the right people and then hiring the wrong people and and all that that stuff that happens when you launch a new business, like that's not real risk. Like the real risk is what happens if you don't do it. Yes. And to me, it's it's so vital because I, you know, we look around at the world right now and, and part of the inflationary and whatever crazy a moment we're in right now at the time of this recording, um people feel like that's their outcome. That's their prescription instead of really that's their opportunity. Yeah, like this is what is there lies ahead of us. And if 10,000 people, that's that's in the, in the large scheme of thing, that's not a big number, but that's a massive number when you think about the ripples and the impact and how I, I want to rebrand the company already because I think it's too small. Like I, I want to call it Project Infinity because when we mm -hmm. hit 10,000, we're not going to stop. Like it's going to no. be so easy at that point to like churn these companies out. Just to, And that's what's been so interesting. We have over a hundred companies in our portfolio in the first two years. Um, companies one through 10 felt absolutely impossible. Like yeah. what did we just commit to? Then company 11 was when we started to see the light because it was easier than company 10. And then all of a sudden company 25 was actually easier than 10. So like the light started getting brighter and then company a hundred was way easier than company 10. I just can't wait to get to company a thousand. Like it's going to be, it's going to be like, just like another Tuesday, like, oh, just a Tuesday. So that this is one of the things that we're consistently proving in this project is that you can become significantly more operationally efficient as you scale, because that's really the outcome that we're striving for. And what we talk about all the time is we are at war against a statistic. And the statistic is the likelihood of success that the entrepreneur has to turn their dream into a reality because that likelihood is a fraction of 1%. I know all the stats say one to 2% of businesses make it. Like that's just the ones that actually start that even show up. Like how many things were like a hobby that just never made it? Or how many things were just an idea that didn't even become a hobby? Like it's a 0.0001%. That's the war we're against is we're committed to a 51% success rate inside this project. We'll never get 100% success rate because that's impossible. But 51% means that it's a greater chance of success than failure when you're inside of our ecosystem. And that is what we're, that's the war that we're against is the statistics. So I couldn't agree more. Um, and I would love for, uh, for our audience right now to be able to hear a bit about what does the Project 10K do and look like and what opportunities are there that are created for people. And then not only that, what about somebody creating their own version of Project 10K in, in whatever lane that they're in? For sure. So Project 10K is what we call a venture ecosystem. So what that means is we co-found tech companies at the idea stage. Over the past two years, we have had thousands of entrepreneurs from around the world come through our process. It's very inspiring how decentralized this became so quickly. 
And when they come through our process, there's four distinct things that we're looking for. We call these our pillars. The first one is that they are the right person. The second is that they have the right idea. The third is that they're in the right market. And the fourth is that it's the right business model. Now, there is nuance to that. But as long as that is present, we co-found a company with the entrepreneur. We both take equity in the company, so our values are aligned, and then we build the entire company. Everything from product management, software development, business development, customer support, legal, bookkeeping, investor relations, tax prep, press, branding, strategy, everything. In our first two years, we co-founded slightly over 100 companies, uh, which is way more remarkable than 10,000, because this was like the, the figure it out two years. Right. And what we figured out is what we call our business operating system. It's a founder journey. It is predictable, it is linear, it reduces risk, and it dramatically increases the chance of product market fit, scale, and exit. And I'm very proud of that, but what I'm significantly more proud of is the impact we are having is so extreme because what we're not doing is we are not playing law of averages. It's not like, okay, let's say you asked to 10,000 random napkin ideas, we can find seven winners and the winners are gonna win, and we're going to win because we're a holding company and over 9,000 wonderful humans are going to suffer the same way they would have suffered if they tried for themselves. The motivation of this project is to end suffering in early stage tech. Because as you know, Jim, the suffering is real in early stage tech. And the way we do that is through our founder journey. We focus on marketing concepts before we build anything. And when we market a concept, what we're looking for is who is the end user and are they willing to pay for a solution? If yes, we will then build it very quickly. If no, we don't want to build it because we don't want to bear any risk whatsoever. But we're not focused on our individual companies becoming the next unicorn, although I'm sure we'll have plenty. What we are focused on are businesses that we can build, scale, and sell within three to five years. We call these the singles and the doubles because a single or a double in business will dramatically change the life of the entrepreneur. When you aggregate that together, which is what we're doing from a holding company perspective, it's worth dozens to maybe hundreds of unicorns but with so much less risk because all your eggs are not in one basket. It's a portfolio. So the first 18 months of this project, I always tell people, was a giant experiment. And the theme of the experiment was, can we become more operationally efficient as we scale. Because if we can, we'll be able to reduce risk in a way no one ever has in early stage tech. And we're very data-driven. So we've been tracking this extensively. And what we have found is across every area that we are tracking, we become more operationally efficient. So besides for the data, the three things right now that are driving the success of the project are we have a very strong team uh, that we're always top grading. We have a profound ecosystem of founders, really unique strategic investors, and then just strategic people slash organizations. And the third thing, which and which is I'm going to say is the most valuable thing, is the amount of attention that we have right now. And it's extremely diverse. Everything from foundations to family offices, um, to tech incubators and accelerators that refer to us, to business schools that have partnered with us, and to even athletes and celebrities that have invested with us. And the reason for the attention is truly because of the impact. We are democratizing and decentralizing the technology industry right now without even trying. We have more women than men founders. We have most ethnicities represented. Our youngest founder earned his way in as a teenager with his parents' support, the oldest, a very mature adult. We have high school dropouts. We have Ivy League graduates. 
We just launched a big initiative into the veteran community, which is very inspiring. And then an even bigger initiative through a partnership into faith-driven entrepreneurship. What we're finding is anyone that loves entrepreneurship, they care about sustainable impact and change and looking for a viable business model to ensure the outcome, they are finding a way to get on the field with us to support the project. Amen. That's that. That's all worth listening to. Again, guys, make sure you, this. I want this. You know, for those of you who are listening to this right now, and going, that's great and that's awesome for someone who's already got a head start. And I, I don't have a million dollars in the bank. And how, how do I do this? And you know, it's cool that you guys are making something like this happen. But what about the small guy? I mean, that's who our founders are. So like our founders, like are right this moment. The average founder is between forty to fifty years old. Um, they are a mature professional. So they're coming from an industry, whether they're a dentist or a contractor, and they've identified an inefficiency within the industry. Um, and they've committed to building a solution, but they can't do it alone. They're non-technical. They don't have the capital to do it. They don't even know how to do it. They don't know anyone that can do it even with them. And they're introduced to us through one of our partnerships. And we see potential. We see they're the right person with the right idea and the right market and the right business model. And we give them a shot and we co-found a business together. So we're truly democratizing the entire technology industry. Um, at this moment, we have uh, teams in Mexico that are actually building teams to bring product 10K into Mexico, to bring our infrastructure to, to Mexico where there's no infrastructure like this. I'm flying to Jamaica um, next month to speak in an event and then meeting with the prime minister of Jamaica to bring project 10K into Jamaica. So when I say democratizing, I mean democratizing and decentralizing the technology industry. I am confident we will have project 10K tech hubs in, in hundreds to over a thousand cities, tier two, three, and four cities around the world. We're bringing our infrastructure to cities, places that do not have this kind of infrastructure to give people a shot, to give people a chance to pursue their dream. We will never say yes if we don't believe we can build scale and sell it. So it's not about us just saying yes to anyone just because we want to have representation across all different ethnicities and genders and beliefs. Like we have to know it's a viable idea. But in addition to that, we're working with some leaders, um, professional athletes, retired athletes, Hall of Fame athletes, and their motivation is to go back into their community to create opportunities that don't exist within their community. And what most of them become are motivational speakers, which is wonderful, but that's not what's going to get that person out of the community. And one of the things that I've talked about with many of these athletes is they say, okay, how do we apply what you're doing to them becoming a, a barbershop owner in their town? And I'm like, I'm not poo-pooing being a barbershop owner, but is that going to get them out of the community? Like, is that the thing? Because right now they think the thing is to become a professional athlete. And that's not the thing. 0.00001% of the people in that community will become a professional athlete. Being an entrepreneur is an even playing field. They don't need a tech idea to work with Product 10K. They have to have the burning desire to change their life and the life of their family forever. And if they have that desire, we can plug them in as an operator within an existing company, pay them so they're compensated, get sweat equity, and they can go on the journey with us. It doesn't have to be their idea. So we're doing some very meaningful work in extremely underrepresented areas to provide them with opportunities they just wouldn't have without the infrastructure we've created. That's so well said. And, and it's clear, it's clear that you've been in this conversation for a bit, right? It's like you all, all of your talking points, but they're they don't come across as talking points. I mean, this is what's happening. You just happen to be sharing it a lot. And uh, and I'm glad you shared that piece because everybody isn't gonna have, you know, like I say often around here, people want to come and collaborate with us and partner with us and do things. Um, but when you come into our world in, in this company, again, the edge, I'm Michael. So if you come into our company, you're Scotty. 
you can't come here and be Michael because there's only one Michael. You can be Michael in your world, but but while you're learning and growing and shifting, learn to be Scotty, learn to be the come into somebody else's world and learn alongside. Just like you said, be an operator inside of somebody else's journey. You're going to learn so much by being the 10th guy on the, on the bench in a company that's math, making massive change. And then you can bring that to your community and your followers and, and, and make significant change from a place of knowledge and experience. 100%. Yeah, it's rewarding. Like we, our founders are special people. Like every one of them is truly pursuing their dream. They all believe their dream is the next multi-billion dollar impactful organization. And I love that they feel that way. Whether we achieve that outcome or not, it doesn't matter. We tell our founders all the time, as much as we care about building and scaling and selling every business, which we do care about, that's the business that we're in. What we care significantly more about is who they become in the process. Because if in the end they sell their business and their spouse hates them, their kids don't know them and they have an autoimmune disease because they just grind it too hard, we failed them. So as much as we talk business, we talk life, we hold them accountable to life. We hold them accountable to exercise and nutrition. We hold them accountable to date nights. We hold them accountable to putting their phone down and being present with their kids and, and spirituality and prayer. We hold them accountable to becoming who they're ultimately meant to become on the journey to have their exit because that's really what matters most. What's so cool about this, Jim, is that our founders are mature professionals between the ages of 40 and 50 years old on average. And most of them have young kids to teenagers. And now their children see mom or dad pursuing their dream. And let's say that their dream becomes an economic event for the family and the business sells for $10 million on year four. So economically, it changes the entire family forever, which is wonderful. But it's so much bigger than that because now little Johnny or little Mary saw mom or dad pursue their dream. And they have a new standard. And that new standard is everything is possible. So what I'm really excited about with this project is that when the kids of our founders have tech ideas, and then they come through the process and they launch their dreams, and then it just becomes this cycle. And this product goes on forever. That's why I say it's really product infinity, um, because there's no end. Like we're not stopping at 10,000. We just believe we've built a better way to do entrepreneurship. And it's with inside an ecosystem. And it's one word. And that one word is together. And that's really what we believe is missing in the entrepreneurial industry. Man, that's exciting. All good stuff. Uh, I hope you're being inspired. You got to be. If you're listening to this, you got to be feeling like, where do I jump in? How do I participate? Or how do I start my own version of this? What do I do? Just be excited and start looking at all the opportunities around because your opportunities aren't just in how you serve the marketplace and the clients, but how do you give other people the opportunity to serve alongside of you while you're doing the things that you need to be doing? And I know this particular um, piece will only be relevant to probably 1% of the people who are listening. And the fact that 99.9% .9 of the people who hear this is going to be beyond June. So um, they won't have the opportunity, but what is the founder? What, what is the opportunity that happens that is existing right now? Um, so, to be able to participate? Um, so the way I capitalize the company is, is it's been really unique. So when I first launched this project, it's very ambitious. Um, it's never been done before. And I was 51% sure I could do it and 49% sure I could not do it. So the thought of gambling with anybody's money but my own made me very uncomfortable. So for the most part, I completely self-funded the company and I deployed a ton of capital um, and my attention and focus. And I actually moved about 95% of my team from Synduit over to Project 10K and then built a new team at Synduit because I couldn't imagine doing this with new people. And then we proved the model. And as we proved the model, well, the other thing that happened was I started to build a wait list of people that I've known for years that wanted to invest in our holding company because we're kind of like 
the Berkshire Hathaway of early stage tech. Like we have 50% equity in every company on day one. Founders have the opportunity to earn back equity over time because we want them to have more equity. We just needed to find a starting point and that felt like a fair starting point, but it's a pretty unique investment opportunity. So I started to assess whether or not we should bring on capital. And a little less than two years ago, I said, okay, I'm going to bring on three people, but here's my rule. They have to be what I call 100X people which means that their capital is worth one one hundredth of their value and their wisdom and their network and their past experiences are actually the real value. So I picked three people. I invite them to get on the field. Uh, collectively, they invested um, $500,000, which is a very small investment for them, but by far the most meaningful for them. For me, it's been exceptionally symbiotic. Besides for that, we had one random billionaire that reached out, and he's also very strategic, and it made sense to have him invest. But for the most part, we haven't raised any capital yet, and we don't need to. We're already cash flow positive at this point. We could just continue to grow through our top-line revenue, which is kind of unheard of in a business like this to not be hemorrhaging capital. But we've built a really viable business. But one thing I have to do is I have to practice what I preach, because I have 100 plus founders that are watching me at any point in time. And what I preach to them is that the single most important time to fundraise is when you don't need the money. Because the moment you need it, you're either not going to get it or you're going to get bad money. But if you do it when you don't need it, you get 100x capital, which means that the capital is one one hundredth of the value of the person deploying the capital. So I called a team meeting about 60 days ago from the time of this recording. The theme of the meeting was what would be our number one accelerator right now, knowing that capital is not it. And the leadership team came back and everybody said, we need to get more people to care about the project. I said, awesome. How many people do you think? And they said, at least 100. I'm like, amazing. I'm 100% on board. I have a creative way to get there. Let's leverage fundraising and a mastermind. Like, what does that mean? I said, okay, the one thing we have against us right now is our valuation is really high because we have 100 companies in the portfolio. We have 50% equity in each of those companies right now. We have a really strong team that we're top grading. We probably have a billion dollars or more of just like opportunity that like flows in because we have so many partnerships at this point. We've got great systems, a great brand. So we got valued at over $200 million. And from my experience at that valuation, if we were to fundraise, it's only accessible to institutions. And what I don't want is an institution. I want Jim and Mary and Bob and like people that care about people. What I said to the team is this, I own close to 90% of the holding company right now, which I should because I've self-funded it. Um, so I want to create a scenario where I'm only going to dilute myself. So I don't have to ruffle the feathers of the other 10%. And I'm not doing it as a liquidity event for me. I'm doing it as a way to lower the valuation to get more people on the field with us. So about 30 days ago, we launched this very unique opportunity. We're raising $9 million and a $50 million pre-money um, pre valuation for only accredited investors. But the way we're doing it is the creative part. There's spots inside of this round. Each spot is only $25,000. And one person can take anywhere from one to 10 spots. So it's $25,000 to $250,000 with $25,000 increments. When we close this around June 15th, we're going to have anywhere from 125 to 150 shareholders. And what we're doing with this is we're turning this into a mastermind. We call it our shareholder community. And what that means is every time we launch a new company, our community finds out first. So that if they have wisdom they can offer, a connection they can make, or a service that they can provide that company, they're paid for in either cash or equity from that individual portfolio company. Anytime we fundraise for an individual portfolio company, we syndicate it 
through the community with preferential terms. There's no obligation to invest, but if anybody wanted to, they could if they really believed in the company. And it's really a community. So at least once a year, we're having a conference for our shareholders and our founders, kind of like what Warren Buffett does with Berkshire Hathaway. And the reason for that is over this past month, we have a little over $10 million that's been committed. So in theory, we're, we're oversubscribed, but I don't know most of the people that are committing. So we're really curating this. Like if I know them and I know they're right, it's an easy decision. But if I've never met them, we have multiple conversations to make sure they're the right fit. So far, we've denied about three and a half million dollars, not bad people, just not right for what we're looking to do here. We've accepted a little over $3 million and we have 4 million and growing because literally every day people are expressing interest that we're still curating. But what's happened is really fascinating because the three-ish million that we've accepted are like small investments from remarkable humans, serial entrepreneurs like us, Jim, to athletes, to industry leaders. And I feel this moral responsibility to bring this group together for the project, but also for their projects as well. And I believe in the end, this becomes one of the most profound masterminds in the world that's not actually a mastermind. It's an investment in our holding company. There's no annual dues at all. And it's actually the first mastermind that pays you to be a member because every liquidity that we have leads to a dividend for our shareholders. We're going to do a lot of mastermind type things outside of the conference. We have a portal that we're going to invite people into, virtual experiences, regional experiences, just to bring this community together because it really is a special community for the purpose of Project 10K and the purpose of every individual person's projects as well. And that's just really good stuff. And like I said, most of you listening to this, that window is going to be gone, but that doesn't mean the participation in Project 10K is gone because you could be number 101, 150, 350, or number 10,000, but uh, the opportunity is still here and it's only going to be growing. So definitely uh, lean in, find out more. How do they find out more about participating? Yeah. So if if you have a tech idea, I want to start there. Um, I have a request, which is never let someone other than you execute on your dream. I'm sure you know somebody who said, oh, I had the idea for Uber before Uber, but the difference was they executed on it. So just don't let anyone other than you execute on your dream. If you have a tech idea, you might say to yourself, I'm non-technical. How could I pull this off? Every one of our founders is non-technical. So go to project10k.com. And just go through the process and schedule a pitch with our team. We just welcome you to pitch us. What's so unique about the experience is that in the world of venture capital, pretty much every venture capitalist is a default no. And you have to convince them to say yes. Where at Project 10K, we're a default yes. So the only way we're going to say no is if the wrong person shows up with the wrong idea and the wrong market and the wrong business model, you should want us to say no so that you don't waste your time pursuing something that isn't viable in the first place. So if you have a tech idea, go to project10k.com and schedule your pitch with our team. I'm so excited to hear what that dream is. If you are an accredited investor and the thought of being part of our shareholder community invigorates you, find me on any social media platform. You can use Instagram, LinkedIn, just search my name, send me a direct message, mention this podcast. Let's schedule a time so that we can speak and see if it's the right fit. We are very intentional with who we're saying yes to because we know what our expectations are of the shareholders. This is not a passive investment and it's not an active investment. It's what I call an intentional investment. And what that means is we are hiring an expert in joint ventures to be a full-time team member to run our shareholder community. And his only responsibility is to meet every shareholder and learn about what they've done that achieve success, who's in their network, what their goals and aspirations are. And his responsibility is to connect community members to community members so they can do big things in the world and community members to individual companies 
that are intentional. It's relevant. So if we have a company that's launching in an industry that Jim has experience in, we say, hey, Jim, as a member of our shareholder community, can you just do an intro call with this founder for 15 minutes? Jim says, of course, he's already an owner of that company because he's an owner of the holding company, gets on the call, and they identify that Jim's brother is Frank, and Frank is a dentist, and we have a dental tech platform. And the joint venture person says, okay, Jim, can you connect us with Frank? We'll facilitate the call with Frank and the founder. You're welcome to be on it. And if anything comes from it, Jim, you're going to win as well. So that's what we mean by intentional. We're going to create opportunities around intentionality because everyone that's doing this is super busy. If that's intriguing and exciting to you, just find me on any platform or send me an email at jared at project10k.com. We'll schedule a time to talk. Excuse me. Uh, excellent. And all of that contact information, everything is going to be in the show notes. You can find it there in case you're on the treadmill or driving or whatever you're doing right now. So make sure you go there and, and make sure you access it. Find out what, what is the opportunity that lies before you. And like I said, it costs you nothing to find out. It could cost you everything to just put it on the table and wait. You don't want to be the one that gets passed by. Uh, and simply because you don't want to be the one that says, hey, I had that idea and I didn't execute on it. We don't want that to happen. So uh, I'm looking forward to where this all goes. And, you know, we're, we are in conversations with Jared right now, trying to see where we line up and so that we can hopefully participate in the founding, uh, in the founding membership, because this is, um, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity and you just got to be able to see it and be available to it. But here's the beauty of it. For those who are not, if you're just not in a place like that right now, that's okay. Because as long as you just keep leaning in, see the opportunities that exist, you can create or participate in the next one that does come down the line because now you're starting to align your mindset with being the type of person who can contribute or lead in an area like that. So just know that it's available to you everywhere. The opportunities are endless. Take advantage of them when they come and then figure out how to make sure you're ready so that you don't have to get ready. You just stay ready and make that stuff happen. So Jared, any parting thoughts? Yeah, on that point, if you're not there yet, Everybody was once not there yet, but what got them there was they executed on an idea. The reason that Jim has the resources he has is that back in the day when, when Jim was little Jim, he executed on an idea that has now given him the resources to do the things that he's doing and all of the businesses he's involved with. So if you're not there, there is no shame in that, but it's time for you to execute and figure out what that idea is. And if it is a tech idea, if it's a software idea, then it's a really easy next step just pitch us it. doesn't cost anything to pitch us it. We are a default yes, unless what shows up isn't viable. And then we'll tell you, you shouldn't pursue this. Like this is just not viable, but if it's viable, we'll co-found a company together. And that might be the thing that gets you ready the next time an opportunity comes around because we are focused on building, scaling, and selling each of the businesses that we support. And it's not easy, but it is easier working with us because we do have a founder journey. And that founder journey is predictable, it's linear, it reduces risk, and it increases the chance of product market fit, scale, and exit. Just remember, never let someone other than you execute on your dream. And I'd be honored to hear your big idea. Boom. That's it. Parting words. Let's let's rock with that, guys. So go out. Take advantage of the opportunities that are, are all around you. The things that scare you the most are the biggest opportunities to lean into. So go chase them, make it happen. And anything you don't understand in that, bring people along to help you figure it out. But you know where the opportunities are because they're staring you in the face. All right. So we look forward to hearing what's going on with you. Let us know what your, what your feedback is on this, on this uh, interview and any others. And if you have any other ideas or more things you want to hear, let us know so we can see if that's something we can bring to you here on the Opportunity Makers podcast. Make sure you rate, review, subscribe, like the opportunity, and share it with anybody that you think can benefit.
Appreciate your time. Thanks for trusting us to be part of your success team. Thanks for joining us on this week's episode of Opportunity Makers. If you've heard something that connected with you, please share this episode with a friend or colleague. And don't forget to go to Apple to leave a review. Head on over to GainTheEdgeNow.com to connect with Jim and his team. And remember, there's no such thing as limits or obstacles. Only opportunities. Opportunities.